time for From the Bench with Ditch, special edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland Game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's Hello and welcome to another edition of Bulldog Valley on From the Bench with Dench. Denny Rittenhouse here along with Rodney Knackstead. And uh, Rodney, I hope we get to do about three more of these shows. Oh, wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> yeah, it certainly would. Of course, um, we're coming off a round two victory uh, by the Highland Bulldogs against Metamora Redbirds, a 41-36 thriller is uh, the only word you can use to describe that game. Uh, Rodney, that's as much fun I've had broadcasting a game in my career. What a what a treat that was Saturday. It was fun, and everyone that has come up uh, to talk to at least myself uh, said said the same thing. What an exciting game, and uh, the, the consensus was most people thought it was over when we were behind 30-20. to 20. You know, Beetle runs that punt back, and boom. Uh, yeah. It was all Highland after that. Yeah, the... Uh, um, Electricity was was vibrant throughout the community hours after that game. I mean, we made a comment after the uh, game was over, doing the recap, that nobody left their seats. And the, the, the whole stands just kind of stayed there like, wow, what did we just watch? <laughs> this was fun. Everybody was high-fiving and smiling and uh, just a, a joyous atmosphere. And uh, now they got to get their game face back on as uh, we got a long road trip this week. We'll dive into that in a little bit, but let's talk a little bit about that game. Um, the the Bulldogs uh, fall behind uh, eight to nothing on an impressive opening drive by Metamora, and uh, we we kind of knew we talked about it in in the pregame. Um, they're they're a pretty traditional team. Uh, like to run it between the tackles and uh, complement with a pass, almost a mirror of what Highland has been doing this season. Um, and and they showed it on that opening drive, and uh, you had to kind of catch your breath and think, okay, uh, which way is this going to turn? Kind of like we've done with this team all season long, Rodney. It's like, <laughs> this is true. Is this when uh, things start to show their their age and inexperience and? Uh, uh, lo and behold, they answer with a touchdown drive of their own. Missed a two-point conversion, so we're in that um, try catch to pass up catch-up mode a little bit for, for almost the entirety of the first half. Um, they they score again, go up 15-6, and then uh, this is when Beetle ran his, his punt, or kickoff That's right. back. That's right. He ran the kickoff back to get him back within 15-13. And then the defense really stepped up at that point. Um, um, You mentioned Chase Packett had a a great game. I think it started in that second period. The the defense kind of stiffened up, and um, uh, we get the ball back with with under three minutes to go, or right around three minutes to go. I think 328 left. Yeah, and uh, uh, put an impressive drive together and and cap it off with the touchdown. With two seconds left. Two seconds left, and um, uh, we go ahead. I think Blake Jelly took it in on that one. He did a, a nice play too. Two, but two yard or three yard run. Two I yard think. run, and uh, it was set up. They had trips left, and uh, he he dropped back to pass and looked to the left and and didn't see anybody open and took off to his right, which was the the wide side of the field, and he just kept stretching it out and uh, managed to get over the goal line and uh, put Highland up. What a critical score that was! Thinking we get the ball in the third quarter, and man, we're really going to put it to them then, which and, we have done all year, yeah, pretty much. Exactly, and uh, uh, then Highland comes out in the third quarter and just lays an egg. Metamora just seemed flat. Yeah, or, or Metamora made some adjustments, and then Highland readjusted by the fourth quarter. I'm not yeah. sure what all took place, but it was not the typical. 
second or third quarter team that we've seen from Highland. Yeah, the, the kickoff went in the end zone. They, they got a penalty to start the drive, so they're starting on the 10. And um, it was just ugly from, from the outset on, on the beginning of that third quarter, really through the whole third quarter. Is uh, Highland um, uh, saw a 20 to 15 lead turn into a 30 to 20 deficit, and uh, boy was the crowd quiet at that point. Oh, they had taken our our crowd completely out of that game, uh, even up in the booth. Uh, yeah, a whole different feel up there yeah. than what it was. It, it was a little hush hush, and then. And then um, Mr. Composure, Blake Jelly, uh, the super sophomore quarterback of Highland, uh, steps up at the beginning of the fourth quarter and, and calls on number nine, says, hey, we need a little um, excitement in the atmosphere here. Let's, let's go to Dylan. And uh, Mr. Beetle um, uh, runs a slant or uh, a crossing pattern across the middle, about 20-yard pass in the air from Jelly. And anytime you can hit Dylan Beetle in stride, Good things are going to happen, and man, did that crowd wake up at that point. I, I, I totally agree with you. Uh, he is just exciting to watch, especially when he gets the ball, like you said. If he's hit in stride or he can get a full head of steam up, he just makes people miss. Yeah, and in fact, I want to want to correct myself. It wasn't an opening drive. That was the second drive Metamora had. Beetle put the ball on the carpet on their uh, Highlands first drive. And, yes. Uh, uh, the Metamora outstanding uh, uh, running back picks it up and uh, and, and took it in fifty yards. Um, yeah, we, our defense actually only gave up two touchdowns that I called because another one was because of a turnover and they had an eighteen yard drive yeah. in front of them. Yeah. Yeah, so, so Beetle had to, um, and, and he corrected himself with the uh, uh, kickoff return in the first half, and then he, he lost another fumble in the uh, third quarter, and, and he corrects that self uh, again with the outstanding touchdown run, a 60-yard uh, touchdown pass and uh, uh, from Jelly to Beetle, and uh, that the crowd um, was uh, woke up. Oh, yes. And, man, were they loud the rest of the game. That was fun. That's when the fun really began. Uh, Highland gets the ball back, and then uh, they, they say, hey, let's, let's go back across the middle. <laughs> and I read after the game that they talked about this at halftime. Was, uh, you know, what what are we seeing out there? And I, it might have been Jelly, or it could have been one of the coaches pointed out that the middle looks open. So, so the uh, uh, Blake Jelly steps up again on the, the second uh, possession in the fourth quarter. And a breakdown in the Metamora uh, secondary yes. leaves uh, Reinacher, or Rinder, Rinder, I'm sorry, Rinder, wide open going up the middle. I mean, wide open. There it was, was like, nobody you know, within 15 yeah, yards of him. Yeah, and I, I read in uh, one of the articles after the game um, that, that he said, I felt like I could say a prayer. Uh, before that Paul came down. Um, and, and that happens to receivers. They're like, oh, man, this is the slowest pass ever. That pass had some zip on it from Jelly. It was, again, a, a, another it just seemed like it because he's so wide open. Because he's so wide open. And, and when that happens, they fear, oh, don't blow this. Don't drop this one. He didn't. He caught it and uh, uh, trotted into the end zone and gave Highland a lead they would not relinquish at that point. And, uh um, they they cap it off with one more score uh, before Metamora comes down and and puts a little bit of a scare back into the game and they get within 41-36. But Highland holds them off. The uh, next possession they get, yeah, yeah, that that last possession there was a key uh, first down run by Tyson Raker and once he got that first down for us, uh, all we got to do now is take a knee. But uh, we did have to get the one first down, and yeah. uh, I believe it was even a third down run on his part. Yeah. And uh, 
he come through with a good run there. So, so you look at some of the numbers in the game, and um, um, Hunter Fry, uh, a quiet 126 yards on 11 carries. I, I say quiet, the guy does it every week. Um, you know, 10 to 15 carries and 100 plus yards every week. Uh, on the season, Hunter has 1,018 yards rushing on only 114 carries. That's good for uh, an 8.9 average uh, and 12 touchdowns to go with it. Not a bad not a bad season put together by, by Mr. Fry. Well, and in, in his defense, uh, the he had over 100 yards in the, the first half already, and you could see Metamora switched from trying to shut Dylan Beetle down to trying to shut Fry down, and then Beetle steps up in the second half. Yeah. So uh, it, was, it yeah. was interesting to see that. You know, it's like, yeah. hey, we got to shut Fry down here in the second well, half. Well, it's a He's, classic example of pick your poison. Yes. Right? And so, so in, in, uh, in the coach for Metamora, I was reading in the, one of the Peoria papers. Uh, acknowledge that he's saying he said you know we we try to shut down their playmakers and uh, they have too many. And like, hey, no, there's only so much you can do when you have that prolific of uh, uh, an offense and um, you know uh, kudos to them they were able to execute and so so uh, what a class program Metamore is by the way uh, yes you know they. Uh, treated us very nice uh, during the week. Uh, reached out to us to share information and uh, from from uh, their their sports information department. I think it was. It could have been the radio station. I don't think so. Uh, but but uh, you know, and um, um, we didn't give them too much back, Jimmy. If you're listening, um, we just shared what what's readily available to them um, uh, should they seek it out. But uh, it was a fun conversation I had with them during the week, and then. Uh, they come up, and then what I read after the game and everything, you know, and there's no blaming an official on this or that. They they acknowledge um, it was a great game, and um, um, the better team won on that day. And so, well, and, and you mentioned the officials. Uh, they kind of let them play. If I remember right, Highland ended up with, like, uh, four penalties for 45 yards, and I think Metamora had uh, four penalties for 40 yards. Yeah, so, they're, they're, you know, yeah. unless it was blatant. If there's one criticism of them, they're very deliberate in their approach. I remember the, the yes. one touchdown, um, and I forget whose it was. It might have been the pass to to Rinder, not the open one, uh, one earlier in the game. Uh, but we we could see the ref replaying the the play in his mind in Before the end. We were waiting for him to put his arms up in the air. <laughs> and it's okay. I even said that while we were waiting for it. It's like he's replaying the play, Rodney. There he goes. He's yes. like, like puts I remember his arms that. up in the air. Um, so so but yeah yeah that wasn't an impact. So so you know kudos to Metamora. What a fine program. They're they're in the playoffs every year and and um, every. I guess it's about every four or five years they, they average being in the championship game. So so it's a good program Highland beat and a good team they beat uh, this past Saturday. Uh, Dylan Beadle on, on Saturday, seven rushes for 65 yards uh, and six receptions for 93 yards. Uh, so on the season, he's at 40 receptions for 654 yards, good for a 16.4 average right now. And uh, uh, that's... Uh, um, that's a, you know, first down, you're moving to change. Anytime Hunter Fry and Dylan Beetle touch the ball, um, you're, you're darn near getting or are getting a, a first down. Tyson Rakers, 8 for 54 on Saturday. He's got 479 on 65 carries this year. 
And uh, uh, Jelly, 13 carries, only 22 yards, but he did have that important touchdown at the end of the half. And um, on the season, he's over 500 at 576 yards uh, on, the, on the season. So um, a little in the, the atmosphere after the game was just tremendous, uh, like we said, at, at the stadium, even outside the uh, going around town a little bit, people are wanting to talk about the game and everything. Yes, that, that I even fun. had people call me wanting to talk about yeah, the game. Yeah, same here. And, uh, <laughs> uh, flooded with text messages and, and so Yes. And, uh, uh, we were getting those as we were uh, broadcasting. And yes, so, we so were. People enjoying the, the, the broadcast. But a, a quick Dylan Beatles story. I, I, we're over at um, my son's house, and, and uh, the Beatles live across the street from them. And my, my grandson and, and granddaughter were outside playing, and um, uh, they asked me, they said, you know, hey, Paca, can, can we go over to Dylan's house? I want to meet him and tell him what a great game he had. You know, and that's the impact this team is having. Nice. You know, and so so this is, you know, the kids are looking up and they're seeing this. And, and my grandson's like, you know, let's go. And so we walk, we start walking down there and uh, he kind of chickens out. And he says, no, <laughs> Dad, we're, uh, Grandpa, he's probably taking a shower. Let's not bother him. And at that point, his little brother happens to come outside while we're walking in front. So I just ask him, hey, is Dylan home? He goes, yeah, but he's taking a shower. <laughs> so my grandson called it right. Wow. I said, okay. We These guys just wanted to say hi to him and tell him a, a, a nice game. And his little brother's like, uh, where, where are you at? Right up the road here at Rittenhouses? And he's like, yeah. Yeah. He goes, well, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll make sure he comes down there. I said, nah, you don't have to tell him to do that. You don't have to. Yeah, his little brother's like, no, I'll make sure he comes. <laughs> and sure enough, 10 minutes later, Dylan comes on down. Wow. And, uh, my grandson runs in the house. Hey, can can we get a picture? Uh, he's out there now, Grandpa. I said, yeah, sure. So I go out and talk to Dylan. And what a great kid, by the way. Uh, just a, a tremendously polite kid. Uh, a, a tremendous smile on his face. He, he was feeling good about the game. And uh, uh, we talked for a little while. He took a picture with the kids. They were excited. Nice. And, uh, you know, and that's just the kind of um, um, impact our, this team is having. It, it's kind of a, um, motivating the town. It's, it's getting the kids looking up. And it's a tradition that has continued, I'll say, since the Greenwald uh, era. Probably, um, yes. You know, that's when it started. And, uh, you know, you had some good teams in the 90s when, when you think about uh, Roger Feaster and, and, and Tommy Wells and, and, and uh, a few others. And then on through the, the early 2000s, Brendan Delaney and a few others uh, coming in. And just one generation after another looking up to the team. You can see it out at the school every every Friday night and uh, you look in the end zone and you see all these future Bulldogs running around yes. uh, having, yes. having a blast. And then, of course, uh, um, in, in the Warnicky era, you got um, you know some, some teams. I, I, want, I, I want to pull up a couple of things because when a, a Beatle on, on Saturday goes for um, uh, 93 yards receiving and another 65 rushing, that puts them over 1,000 total yards for the season. Joining Hunter Fry, who's already there, um, and I thought, how many pairs have done this in Highland? Um, um, you know, in recent years, I, I go back to the turn of the century. You know, they joined some pretty elite company in in accomplishing that. When you think uh, the only other two two pairs that have done it, uh, the obvious Laporta and, and uh, Brady Feldman, um, they did it twice. So, so they, they really set the standard. Uh, in, in 2017 and 18, Sam and, and Brady both uh, went over a thousand total yards. 
Uh, they almost did it three times. It was actually Laporta that came up short their sophomore year, uh, just a, a, a couple dozen yards short of uh, wow. pulling it off three times. And then the only other time it's happened since the turn of the century is the 2013 team when you had Gage Geiger and Andrew Winning um, uh, putting together some monster numbers. Logan Geiger was just 100-plus yards short of joining them as a, a triple um, um, threat uh, going over 1,000 total yards. So so uh, kudos to Dylan Beetle and uh, Hunter Fry for, for the season. I was telling Dylan this the other night uh, is that, you know, you guys are joining rare company. Um, you're, you're starting to get in that discussion of uh, who's the best team Highland ever had. This um, one is this team is now uh, definitely a, a contender. Yeah, yeah, they're they're in, in contention. Um, and, and, uh, another win uh, definitely gets them in the in the uh, discussion as one of only three teams to get to a semifinal. Um, and, you know, should they pull off the victory against uh, Providence uh, Catholic on on Saturday? Uh, so, so that's um, uh, some elite company. They're they're joining there, of course. When you you talk about Sam and uh, uh, Brady, you know they they electrified the town for for three seasons in a row, and uh, um, with what they did, and and so uh, in the honored the 2013 season team uh, earlier this season out in uh, um, the second home game against uh, uh, Matt Toon, they, yes. they had those guys out in town and and. Uh, a dinner with them and uh, acknowledge them on the field uh, in that game. So some, some uh, I suspect we might see something in, in 2033 <laughs> with uh, uh, this uh, this version of the Highland uh, Bulldogs. Uh, so congrats to to the, those two guys. And then um, uh, in spite of uh, what they've all done, I think we, we kind of agree on our player of the game. Um, and this is tough. This was a tough this, one. This was. Saturday. You and I had quite a long discussion yeah, on this we one. really did. And uh, um, Chase Packett um, did some tremendous things on the line. And yeah, he just took over that line, especially in the second half. He was just a beast. I, I looked at his, his ankles. Uh, <laughs> I had the glasses on. And he had to have about three miles worth of tape on, on his ankles and, and, and feet and so so for him to have the game he did and uh, hopefully he's getting closer and closer to a hundred percent because the line they're going up against Saturday averages about 300 pounds and so we'll need every bit of healthy chase packet that we can get uh, on Saturday but uh, he had a tremendous game and kind of kind of took the run game away from Metamore in this in the second half uh, he had to have help, of course. I mean, the defense is always um, is a team unit um, this season, and, and uh, Saturday was no exception. I thought Greenwald uh, had his usual stellar game. Uh, we called McCartney Crow's name a, a few times. Um, judge on the other end. Judge on the other end. Um, uh, Ashton Zobrist um, also really had, had some big had plays. A, a really good game uh, on, on the defensive side. So. Um, that was one name we kicked around. Um, Beetle and Fry did their usual thing uh, on the offensive side, but um, we're going to land on Blake Jelly, um, the, the super sophomore quarterback. Uh, finishes game 13 for 17 for 208 yards, three touchdowns and no interceptions. And uh, on the season, um, uh, he's at 110 out of 156 attempts, 70% completion percentage with 23 touchdowns against four interceptions. But uh, Saturday, he stepped up when they needed him most. And uh, uh, like you said, uh, most of the people in that stadium started having doubts at that 30 to 20 uh, point in the second 
uh, half. Well, and, and we entered the fourth quarter down 30-20. We scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. And um, um, we talked to, to Jimmy after the game, and um, uh, I mentioned, you know, I, I said, man, Jimmy, I cannot believe the poise this kid shows. And he said, man, that's a perfect word for it. He's got incredible poise, and he just uh, he stands in the pocket. He takes off when he has to. He's got good awareness, uh, pocket awareness, um, and has that has that it factor as far as feeling the uh, the pressure from behind or something like that to to well, escape it. Exactly. I was just going to say, and, and one of the things that we've seen in his maturity was he rolled out, made sure he was out of the pocket, nobody's open, and he just threw it away. Didn't yeah. take that ten yard sack or try to force it into double coverage. Right. And, uh, that, that says yeah. a lot when you're a sophomore, you know. Yep. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, good point. So so we're going to give our player of the game to, to Blake Jelly. I think it's his third of this season that we went with Blake. And uh, really, we, <laughs> we, wouldn't have been wrong in, we wouldn't have been wrong in naming him um, almost every game. Uh, he's been that impressive. Um, and talking to Coach Warnicke, uh a few weeks ago, you know, where I was – Tell, we were talking about the same thing. His incredible poise. He goes, "Yeah, I'd say it's amazing for for a sophomore to have what he has." And he goes, "And Dennis, I get him two more years." Yes. And he just had a, a smiling look in his eyes, and and, and it's like a, like a mad scientist. With, well, with, you know, Jimmy's a former quarterback himself, and uh, Highland puts a lot of responsibility and pressure on their quarterbacks, yeah. and. Uh, Jake has handled this very, very well. So we we or look Blake, like, I said Jake. Uh, Blake. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> I, I've been known to chop a name or two. Uh, uh, haven't I, Tyson? Yeah, yeah yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so uh, once again, forty-one thirty-six over Metamora. We go up to New Lenox, Illinois. Just a. a Snowball throw away from Joliet to the east and um, uh, go up I-55 to I-80 and uh, the school's right off I-80 up there and um, uh, doesn't look like a huge field uh, from what I'm seeing picture-wise. I've never. I kind of looked at that it. too. Yeah, and uh, so so we'll we'll see. And almost like the picture I saw, they didn't have stands on one side, so it's look, it looks like we're going to be in a, a bit of a mixed environment up there as far as the stands go and stuff. So we'll see. Well, what that holds for us if, if you're making a trip up there. If not, of course, you can join us on BulldogRadioHighland.com for for the broadcast. Um, we'll have that 3 o'clock kickoff. Now, this Providence uh, team, Rodney, uh, a private school, and, there, and there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of heartburn from some people. Others are like, meh, it is what it is. I'm, right. I'm kind of in the meh, it is what it is camp. The, you know, until it changes, you just got to deal with the, the cards that are, are dealt. Yeah, if you dwell on that, then you're going to be thinking negatively, and you can't have that. we got to be just a positive attitude going up there, and uh, you're right. Uh, most of what I've heard from, from other people are the, you know, heartburn from Sacred Heart Griffith and, you know, yeah. some of those, and uh, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah, and so they beat Country Club Hills on, on – Saturday, and so we'll go up there at three o'clock kickoff. Now this team, um, seven and four record, uh, but don't be deceived. Uh, their, their four losses were against some um, pretty pretty impressive teams that are all I think three of at least three of the four 
are still alive in the playoffs uh, in upper classes. And so, so this is a, a tested team as far as, and this is what Jimmy has been trying to prepare for. Yes. Um, in the last several years with his schedule. Now, now that might not reflect that this season uh, because it, it turned out a little lighter than we anticipated when we, we made the schedule, although Central is still alive. Yes. The team we beat to open, they, they play Rochester on Saturday. Uh, so that's proven to look like a pretty darn good and win uh, to open the season. And uh, and, and Triad just got eliminated, so, so – the schedule wasn't as bad as, as some might think. I mean, it, it, but it's what he's been preparing for to, to get deeper in the playoffs. I think this team, and this is an interesting matchup to me, Rodney, but Providence averages about 300 pounds on the line. That's a big line. That's a big line. Um, You're getting you close think, to NFL size line. Yeah, you, you really are. But, but with that, um, you know, you think back to the teams Highland played this year. Uh, Triad had a pretty good size line, and that team we just beat, Metamora, was pretty big. They, they yes. averaged about 270 themselves on the line, and and um, I think Highland's in that 245, 250 range. On, on, uh, yeah, a lot comes down to your technique yeah. then, and, and uh, yeah. what is their athletic ability? I'm talking about the, the big guys. You know, Are they athletic, or are they just big and, and, and rely on brute well, force, because what, brute force won't win against technique right and that's that's what's going to be important in this game uh, um, exactly where i was going with this is, is sorry about that no that's fine that's fine we're, we're on the same track and that's uh, um, technique is going to be important against this line you think about the 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 one time the line struggled this season against muhammad as an extremely small line uh, very quick. I don't yes. think they're going to run into that quickness at the line of scrimmage. Now they got some quickness in in the secondary, and uh, I don't know that you know the the receive the receiving receivers might have to, some difficulty getting open. But I think it bodes well if we can technique them. A um, run game might be okay against this team, and uh, um, we might be able to to uh, get some yardage uh, on the ground and complement it with some, some pass plays then at, at that point. So, well, and, so and I like how Jimmy is kind of going old school a little bit. You don't see it much. He's not afraid to put the, the fullback out there for an extra blocker. And, uh, yeah. you know, you know as well as I do back in the, the 70s and the 60s and the 80s, everybody had a yeah. fullback in front of their good running back. Yeah. Yeah. It's just something you don't see a lot of. Yeah, usually Greenwald. Sometimes we'll see Nick Judge line up back there. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, uh, technique's going to be important on, on Saturday against this Providence team. Uh, Catholics are a tradition-rich uh, school in 5A. They've won six state titles over the years um, and, and had beaten Metamora a couple times in title games, in fact. So, so Highland's in some elite company with um, uh, what's remaining in their half of the bracket. The other game is Morris versus Joliet Catholic. Um, there's um, 20 titles in in that game. Isn't that you know? So so um, uh, this is what Highland's been preparing for. Let's see what what, what we can do with um, on, on Saturday for the right to play the winner of that Joliet Morris game. Either way, I think Highland's on the road the way it works out. We're on the road the next two weeks. Yeah. I, uh, and, and that, so obviously, uh, there will not be another home game in the playoffs for Highland. But 
No, but hopefully we're we're um, spending Thanksgiving weekend up in lovely Bloomington, Illinois. It'd be okay by me. <laughs> we'll see. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. I agree. Uh, Three o'clock kickoff on Saturday, Highland against uh, Providence Catholic. Uh, some other area schools, uh, a lot of Metro East teams still live riding. This is fun this season. Uh, we do usually have a few in, in, in the thir- by round three, but it uh, seems to be a little heavier this year, so so that's nice. Uh, how about the Edwardsville Tigers? They'll be about 10 minutes away from Highland on Saturday as they're up the road a little bit in Elmhurst. Uh, to take a pair of 10-1 and one teams going at it. And so the, the Tigers hoping to advance to the, the semis themselves uh, on that road trip. East St. Louis Flyers, they're on the road. Uh, most of these teams that are still live are on the road, by the way. They're, they're up at Kankakee. Uh, Kankakee have been a good team the last two or three years. Um, I think they got a state title two years ago. Uh, made it to the semis last year. They're 11-0 this season. Going up, of course, against an always powerful East St. Louis team, nine and two at the moment. Um, just steamrolling everybody they played in Illinois. It's uh, the out-of-state teams that they they traveled to in the preseason to um, uh, handed them their losses. So that looks to be a pretty good battle. Um, and like we said, the five a, other five A game going on down here. Joliet Catholic at Morris, not down here, but uh, actually. Flip on the other side of the bracket. Yeah, in that half of the bracket, and this game's taking place in Morris, which is almost due west from where we'll be Saturday in uh, uh, Morris is uh, west of uh, Joliet. And and so um, uh, those two games will be taking place up there. In 4A, how about the Central Cougars uh, coming up with a a victory on Saturday? And uh, that won them the right to go up to Rochester and take on the Rockets. What a reward, right? <laughs> yeah, what a reward. Um, uh, Central's a fired-up bunch, though, and uh, well-coached by Brian Short. And so the 9-2 and Cougars taking on 11-0 and Rochester, and the Rockets really haven't been tested this year. Their closest game was a 31-21 game to their big rivals, Sacred Heart Griffith. And um, um, other than that, they, they've been on running clock, I think, um, all but two weeks. And so, wow. so uh, uh, they're a machine. I'm not real sure – what their their uh, mojo is uh, probably their strong running game with a uh, a thousand yard receiver in the mix somewhere. So so uh, Central will have their work cut on. It will far and away be the biggest victory in Cougar history if they pull it off. And uh, yes. uh, good luck to them and uh, hope they do it. Uh, Murfreesboro versus Harrisburg will play uh, the winner of that game. And uh, uh, Murfreesboro's having a pretty good season, and uh, Her- they beat Harrisburg forty to nothing earlier in the season. So, look for. Well, we for... know that that doesn't always mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Learn that one the hard way. There is a recent example nearby that that we can lean on. You're right. In three A, well, I don't know if you saw the the result of the Roxana game. I, I was Saturday. hoping we were going to talk about that yeah. because it looked like they were going to get annihilated, and then it what became a, a season. Forty nine, forty eight is the final, and the shells advance, and um, they'll take on Stamford Olympia, who uh, all they did was beat an undefeated Greenville team on on Saturday, and so uh, Roxana travels up to uh, Stamford. Uh, that town's uh, slightly west of Bloomington, uh, so I-55 is going to be very busy with Metro East schools uh, going up and down the, the center of the state. Uh, modern Day takes on an old mid-state conference rival in Shelbyville. I don't know if you remember the 90s and Modern Day in that conference with Shelbyville. I do not. 
Cana and uh, Greenville and Vandalia and those um, in the Mid-State Conference, I think it was called at that time. Uh, they'll take their 8-3 and three record against a 10-1 and one Shelbyville team and uh, uh, try to come away with a victory to get them to what and how how exciting for Breeze huh? uh, they've done this a couple times in recent years where both of them have a chance to advance to the semifinals and so good luck to Central good luck to Modern Day and the uh, uh, Nashville takes on Athens um, as a uh, that's a, a rare home game uh, that the only one I think it is the only home game for an area team is uh, Nashville if you call them area <laughs> but uh, they take their eight and three record uh, against Nash, uh, Athens and then Altoff uh, will be up at Camp Point which is uh, what east of uh, Quincy I believe it is uh, so, sounds right uh, and so uh, the Crusaders uh, Camp Point 11 and 0 so Altoff will have a, a tough task at hand with their 10 and 1 record Altoff's only lost to um, St. Dominic's over in St. Louis, a team that handed Waterloo an early season loss as well. Uh, so that that rounds out the remaining teams alive in the postseason. Uh, this past weekend saw Triad um, take an exit after their stunning upset in week one. Uh, they come back to reality against Joliet Catholic and uh, uh, go down 56-7. to But uh, I didn't really expect Triad to win that game, but I also didn't expect them to get dominated quite that bad. Yeah, uh, you know, it, it's tough to go up there. And, and um, Mascuda did it, I want to say, four or five years ago, was able to go up to Joliet and come away with the victory. Uh, but but it's tough tough to do when you, you – we talked about it a couple episodes ago with uh, some of these schools just have that aura about them. Yep. Um, I don't think we'll – We'll quite experience that with Providence uh, Saturday. I, I, I don't know why I think that because they are some you know six state titles, a couple second place finishes. But it's over not the years. one of the teams that everybody automatically talks yeah. about. Yeah, the the other two are Morris and, and oh, Joliet yes. Catholic. Yep. Uh, or, and maybe that's naive on our part, but you know you, you can't follow everybody. True. Um, and, and, True. And, 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 and we lose sight of some of the northern teams. I think sometimes down here. Um, so, so uh, that's hard. They lose sight of us. Oh, yeah. They've never had a similar sight. That's kind of what my thought was, but <laughs> yeah, a fair statement. A fair statement indeed. And hopefully, that's, uh, they have that same attitude and, and but, uh, look by us. But a, a good season nonetheless for uh, Coach Pottis and his uh, inaugural, oh, definitely, inaugural definitely. season. I, I read an article about something he did a, a few weeks ago after the Highland game. Uh, and I thought that that was pretty cool. The team was kind of down in the dumps a bit, and uh, uh, and had a couple bad practices. And so he, on a I think I want to say it was a Thursday night practice, instead of going out to the high school, um, he had them bust to where Triad Little League plays football, and uh, I said, fellas. You just look like you're not having fun, so I want to remind you, this is a game that we're supposed to have fun at. And every what? one of you kids, oh, almost every one of you kids, went through this program here and laughed and played and had fun doing it. And I just want to remind you, you this game's supposed to be fun. So let's let's remind ourselves of that. And they went on to win the last couple games and then pull off that, that stunning uh, uh, first-round victory and then uh, get handed the loss Saturday. But what a neat story. And, and yes. uh, 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 you know, to cap off the season like they did on, on the tail of that. I just like to hear a coach say that because, uh, 
you see so many coaches out there anymore that, and I'm not saying uh, Coach Warnick is aware of this, but uh, you can go to a 9U game and the coaches are acting like it's life and death. Yeah. And uh, your players, whatever age they are, are going to play better because they're going to be using their muscle memory instead of thinking if they are relaxed and having fun. Uh, that's what sports are supposed to be about. So that is an awesome thing to hear. I hadn't read that, I hadn't heard that, but I think that is great. Yeah, yeah, it's a neat story. And Jimmy has done similar things over the years in, in getting them in a unique environment to where they can they can focus and, and, and um, kind of kind of say, hey, you know, here, take a step back. We're, we're here. We're here to play football, guys. That's fun. Yes. Uh, so, so yeah, I, and and so so it's fun to share that kind of. Uh, those kind of stories, I agree. They're they're pretty cool when you, you come across them. Uh, so Saturday afternoon, three o'clock, we'll have the broadcast on BulldogRadioHighland.com at about two forty-five. Um, and so make the uh, uh, three and a half, four hour trip up there if you can. Support the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's more like four hours is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, probably probably closer to four. You're right. Um, and and it, some guys drive really fast. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We we may know people that are pulled over on the interstate on the way up there. There's so many teens heading up north from the Metro East. Your wife would tell you I could be one of those, but or my wife would tell you that I could be one of those pulled over. Yeah. So so uh, uh, anyway, have fun this weekend. We hope uh, that we will join you again next week on this podcast. Yeah, either way. Uh, hopefully it's not a, a season wrap-up and uh, we come back home with a victory. We'll see. Uh, we look forward to bringing it to you. As always, you can catch these podcasts on uh, wherever you stream your, your services, uh, whether it's Amazon Music or Spotify or Apple Music, uh, TuneIn Radio, and any of the unique niche podcast services. We're out there. Uh, go find us. Just look for From, from the Bench with Dench. Uh, these are the Bulldog Valley episodes uh, uh, out there, and uh, hope you enjoyed them. Thanks for all the feedback we're getting on these, and uh, uh, appreciate you listening. And look forward to a Bulldog victory this weekend. Uh, for Rodney, this is Denny. Good day, everybody. This has been From the Bench with Ditch. Join us again next week for another episode of Bulldog Valley. <laughs>